The Chill Zone with Bertha Charuma. And it is time for Think Conversation. And joining me on um, online, I do have uh, Bishop Maponga. And, you know, Africa has long harbored traces of violent and xenophobic mentality, which has occasionally led to large-scale displacement and the escalation of uh, interstate tensions. Why we are here, I don't understand, because I think we are one. And if we follow, you know, some of our beliefs like Ubuntu, I think we will be a better people, you know, as African people. But anyway, uh, let me get my guest online. Good to have you on The Chill Zone on SAFM. Thank you very much. Beautiful. And thank you for the invite and greetings to all your listeners. That's Bishop Joshua Maponga, um, Zimbabwean-born public speaker, author and philosopher. So why I was looking for you, I have been this, I've had this, this irking feeling to really delve into, you know, the cultural view or the cultural understanding of African people just to demystify this belief that we are so different. And now we've even come up with terminologies like xenophobia to, 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 to literally separate us and yet we are one. If we were to look at the historical relationship of Africans, will you be able to maybe make me understand as a philosopher? Um, th- thank you. Quite, quite, quite a lengthy question, I must say. You, you're almost giving me an opportunity to speak a thesis you know, <laughs> to defend. <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't have a long time. I would. Yes, I think for a start, let's start off with the southern kingdoms as we plug them on into the central kingdoms of Embo, which is Uganda, Tanganyika, Rwanda, Congo. As our history sings, it's and that Embo concept speaks of the Sese Islands, Runzuri, Mount Kenya, and Serengeti, the Guruswa region, where we, the Africans, particularly the Bantu in the south, where this problem seems to be prevalent, are all coming from one one source, that is the Embo space. The Nguni, Angoni people, the Karanga left a bit earlier, the, the, then the Zulus and the other Ngunis followed a bit later on. Now, the beautiful part is that our surnames are meaningless. What is meaningful are our totems, because surnames are very recent and don't have any um, long historical background. So I'll start off with one little tribe. You may call them the Nguenyas, which you would find in Zimbabwe, you would find in Malawi, you find in Kenya, you find in Uganda, you find in South Africa. Now take note when the names are changing, it doesn't mean that the totem is changing. So you have Nguenya, you have Gushungo, you have Mkwena. It's one people. You speak to the Nkima or the Ngeye, who are the monkeys, who are the Nguges, who are the Vudijanas, who are the Kabos, who are the Jambases, the Lisas, the Fakudzes, the Mtolos. They are all one monkey. You speak of the Shumbas, the lions, who are the Bandas, who are the Taus, who are Mtaungs. It's one Sibandes, Ngonyama. It's one nation. So Edwid understood our totemic connectivity to each other, our xenophobic fears 
and suspicions of politics around each other would subside. It would be sad for a Mukwena in South Africa to kill a Gushungo from Zimbabwe because basically you're killing your blood brother. So maybe the first thing we need to address is lack of knowledge and lack of Afrocentric knowledge of identity which connects us as tribes to one to one source rather than the political divisions that separate us. I thank you. Mm. And also, if you if we look at the language, um, Swahili seems to to encompass. I'm just I, I I've just taken a completely different detour. Seems to encompass all the other little uh, not little other dialects. So you'd find a bit of Shona in Swahili, a bit of Zulu in Swahili, a bit of Sisutu in Swahili. And in paying attention, like you were saying, lack of education. If we were to pay attention we would find that we are so similar. We may be different, but we are very, very similar. We are more similar mm. than we are different. Yeah. For functional purposes and communication, since Swahili is almost like uh, uh, 100 years old, almost, it's a, it's a bastardized language. It's almost like a fanaka law for the minds because the Arabs are interacting with the Africans and they start to mix the languages. And uh, like in the minds, when a letter lapa, when a fagalapa, what, what, that kind of fanagalo, where it is a communicative language. But over the period of time, I think it's accumulating its own vocabulary, which would be a very wise decision to have a common language amongst us. But the xenophobic issue that we are addressing, I think, comes from a political source where the colonizer is always suspicious of the neighbor that he abused, that if that neighbor comes here, he may just tell them what he did in the other's place. You look at what they did in the Mau Mau, in Kenya, in Ichamachamapindusa, in Tanzania, in Ichimurenga, in Zimbabwe, in Swapo. By the time they come to South Africa, I honestly think that the Africana and the white uh, colonialist cannot trust the people from those other countries to flood into South Africa. Mm-hmm. For one reason, that the, the, the exposure of, of, of abuse and, and, and brutality which they practiced might later on be taught to another nation. So keep them away from each other, build them homelands, you know, Vendaland, you know, Kosaland, you know, Putatswana, the Shoshanguves, and etc. Keep the blacks away from each other because once they unite, they might discover the common enemy. Yeah. Let's just take a small break and we will be back. And the lines are opened if you'd like to engage 086-000-2032 or otherwise 0614104107. We'll be back. And I'm speaking to our guest, that's Bishop Joshua Maponga. And uh, our main conversation is... Uh, basically about xenophobia and how we can eradicate xenophobia. It's not something we can do overnight, but I think if we have conversations, dialogue of sorts on a regular basis, we really will get to understand each other and actually find out that we are so related and it's just a matter of someone came, created borders, separated us, and now it's just chaos and confusion. And in that chaos, and you know when, what they say about dividing and ruling, it's 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 just something that is uh, I can't comprehend, but I would like to welcome back our guest Bishop uh, Joshua Muponga, who is online. So, how do we eradicate xenophobia, Bishop, if at all we can? It it takes a, a variety of uh, of angles. I, I might be a bit uh, laborious in my explanation, 
we need to start playing our local sports where Africans are interacting with each other. We need to start dealing business with each other. We need to remove borders. We need to have a common curriculum that is a single agenda for the unification of Africa. So we need political will. That's one way to begin to deal with this. We need economic will. We need religious will. We need spiritual will. For example, in Zaloyelang, why would Africans not make a pilgrimage to come to Zaloyelang, one of the oldest sites, and we can do a celebration? So a variety of factors from Christianity, which is pro-English, to Islam, which is pro-Swahili, and, and etc. Then you find that religion is actually standing in our midst. We need to have an address in terms of that. And above everything else, Every family needs to build a family tree. You need a family tree that can go back two, three, four, five, six generations. Particularly in Gauteng, it's a sad a set of events where people from Malawi, Zambia, and Zimbabwe have changed their surnames, smuggled their IDs. Now they are Mkizes, now they are, they are, they are Zwanes, they are Zulu. And in actual fact, they are not that. They did that to break into the system. But if they should look back into their totemic background, they might find that actually their fathers are from Malawi, the Ray Piris, the Masekelas, the Doroth Masukas, the Makados, the, 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 the list is endless, where we are all connected. For people in Soweto to have an uprising of xenophobia, it's actually sad, because Soweto is a mining town for crying out loud. There's not a single soul in Soweto who can say, I originally come from here, unless they're from Kakeng, who are the Ndendevelez. So the entire place where this thing is brewing up, these are grandchildren of migrant workers. How sad. Mm. How sad that we celebrate Robin Island as a place where the liberation struggle comes from and we don't recognize the boiling pot of multinational efforts, the uprising of Soweto and Sharpville. Has anyone ever considered how many foreigners are in there and how many grandchildren of foreigners are included in those uprisings for the liberation of South Africa as a country? So I think it's just poor information, propaganda of the highest order from the colonial regime. Mm. I've got Bishop Kwenene from Kwebera uh, online. Good evening. Welcome to the show. Good evening. How are you? Yes, good man. The table is very good. The table is very good. This is quite interesting. But I can, I can say that to this guy, yeah, Zenefrata is not right, you know. Mm -hmm. I've done political science and history, né? but what there's only one thing I want to 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 tell you. One thing. I'm long listening. ago, long ago, Steve Hugo died, Kondolosi died, people died, Lutuli died. All those people, they died. Some of them they died in in these mines and and the singing of men. All those people they died for this country. We were built at this country for us and for our children. Those people in Zambia, Zimbabwe, they've been liberated long ago and they destroyed their economy. So we we were not dying for 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 Africa. We're dying for this country. Like Donald Trump said, to make America great. This the reason this country is in this standard is because of the death of our fathers in the mines and in the political fighting. They were fighting for this country. That's what I'm going to tell you. Okay, we, yes. We, 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 are, we are part of Africa. We are not the colony of Africa. So they died for, 
for this country, for their children, who did this country for us, not for other people. Okay, Bishop Kwenenet, I think we've got your point. I need to take other uh, callers just before I go back to uh, Bishop Joshua Mamponga to respond. I've got also Masson, but thank you so much for your insight. I think this is why we are having this conversation. I think, Bishop, you highlighted something, and when I come back to you, I have a, 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 quite a you know, positive thinking that you will be able to answer that, that, that reaction. Uh, Masan from Bombela, good evening. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Madam. Take my call. I'm Nathan Kip from Bombera. Mm. I'm, I'm a Ugandan by nationality. I've been here for 12 years. Eh? But what I've seen here, the education system is the main problem and politics. Let me first define the definition of politics. Politics is a divide and rule. And it started a long time ago. Mainly when these boys they came here, whatever, they divided each and everything. When you study, when I was studying in primary, primary five and primary six in Uganda, huh, they teach you about the movement of the Bantu, Nilotics, whatever. They moved from North Central Uganda, Uganda, whatever. The way that the Reverend said everything is, is like that. So we are of the same blood. We don't have anything. When I find somebody discriminating another person, it's like me to call me a query, query. Does it get any pain? Because I'm on the pile of Africa. I'm in Africa. I've not moved from the continent to go another continent. So I'm not a foreigner on my land. You understand? Mm, mm. So, madam, so many people, it needs to education system to change mainly in South Africa. Because as African countries, if you study education, the way they are studying, is not the same education which you have here. This is apartheid education. Masan, thank you so much from Bombella. I think I've got your point. Just before I go to TAT and Temba, uh, Bishop, your thoughts? As, as you look at the liberation, uh, my brother from Kotko uh, I love his comment when he's speaking about uh, people dying in the mines, dying in uh, for, Afri for South Africa, not for Africa. I wonder if my brother is aware that Nigeria was collecting taxes to support ANC. I wonder if the brother is also aware that uh, Lesotho was bombed, Swaziland is bombed, Zimbabwe is bombed as part of the liberation struggle. Not only that, but the political asylum for the South Africans. They came to Zimbabwe, we gave them passports. Swaziland, passports. Mozambique, passports. Zambia, passports to liberate the very country we're talking about. Not that we should all crowd here, but we cannot glorify Berlin Conference, which is actually the mother of, of, of uh, political boundaries that we are facing now. My grandmother on my mother's side, she's, she's, she's Venda, she's Mbedzi, from, from, uh, from the South African side. My grandmother on my father's side is Tsonga, from uh, Mozambique, the Muchena tribe, Tete. And Tete, they came from Malawi into Tete. My grandfather on my mother's side is Mawobo from Kamanzini who came with Mzilikazi to Zimbabwe, who is a Zulu, is Mafa, Jamela, Sbandam, and then my grandfather on my father's side is, is Karanga, who are the great Zimbabweans. Now for a person like me who has roots in Mozambique, roots in Venda, roots in South Africa, and roots in Zimbabwe, the question is where do you want, where do I need four passports? To cross over and see relatives so maybe the political boundaries which we find ourselves in where some group of white colonialists sitting on a table 
took a pen and paper and pencil and literally drew lines on the map. Across your house, there could be a line that says, you now belong to that country. You now belong to this country. You look 200 years later, these, th these imaginary lines of borders have become realistic because now you, you are across the river. You are across this mountain. You, you, it can't be. It can't be that we are trying to fight colonialism and have to glorify the same system that oppresses us again. Let's go to our next caller. Let's go to, is it uh, CSC from Guiani? Good evening. Yes, that's me. Yes, go ahead. All right, fine. Uh, my whole thing is I don't, I'm not going to speak here as an expert in any way. This is my view about the human race. Now, while we are all created in the image of God, we are animals that are territorial and very protective of our territorialness. Now, on top of that, the Christian or the religious aspects would come in and it will be followed along religious lines. Political activities will be there followed along political lines like boundaries and all those things. But the whole thing that I see is that uh, as human beings, homo sapiens or whatever you call it, uh, look at the lion. They become protective of their environment. When another animal, they could be, they, they, they could even, the same animal comes in, is going to fight it for the territory. Now, we can, you know, from whichever point we are looking at it, be it religious, be it political, we are human beings that are influenced by, call it our genetic makeup. When a thing is yours, it is yours. That's why you can say blood is thicker than water. You're going to behave differently to a person who comes from outside your fold than the one inside your fold. Now, is that not the same thing that we're having a war now in Israel and Palestine? It's because of territorial, you know, inclinations. Russia and Ukraine, it's along those things. So when you look at, 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 at life like that, without wanting to guide it, you, you see how human beings are. And the names that we give, whether it's, a, it's xenophobia or it's whatever we call it, it's just unfortunate that is the fight where we find ourselves in. Shouldn't we be governed by the, 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 the adage that says, treat others as you would like them to treat you? I mean, that would be the whole thing. Territorially, how you want to be treated as a foreigner in a, in a foreign land, treat foreigners the way you want to be, to be treated. Now, giving it names like xenophobia, like those things, I think, I think it's, too, it's too base. I'm sorry to use the word. It's too base and too uh, myopic to look at. The human beings, like animals, are territorial animals that need to protect their territory, even against their own. I think that is how far I can go. CSC, thank you so much uh, for your insight. And I think I need to, let's keep our, our, you know, our thoughts uh, and our points quite quick. I've got Temba from Kempton Park. Good evening. Welcome to the show. Yes, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. I'm very good. Uh, what I wanted to say is I, I feel very sad when xenophobia is only said to be happening in South Africa. I work around the whole of African continent. And I know very well that xenophobia is everywhere. I can start with the DRC right now. DRC people are chasing South Africans because most of the mines that are in DRC are run by South Africans. 
they're just in the South Africans. They're saying it's serious. If you go to the Katanga region, uh, always region, there's serious unions that are standing up and South Africans are being told to leave DRC. You go to Zimbabwe, the, the good professor there, he knows very well, sometime in Bari, there were Nigerians who were running car businesses uh, in Bari, well established. They were told to leave. You can go. I can take you to, 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 to northern, uh, I mean, Juba in South Sudan. Same thing. Uganda, Nigeria, we were being asked passports when I was at the border with Benin. And they were deporting people from Cameroon, deporting people from the neighboring areas. Mm-hmm. Nigeria in 1975 chased all the foreigners when they discovered oil. So this is an African problem. Let's not look at it as a South African problem. Yes, it's happening here, but it is an African problem. And if we want to talk about an African issue, let's not just micro, you know, Yes. Treat this situation as as an African phenomenon. It is not. It is everywhere. I think, Temba, we are both on the same page. That's why we're having this conversation. That as Africans, that's why we keep on saying Africans. As Africans, we've we've been so tempered with to a level where we've lost our navigation but let's hold the thought that's not for me to decode i'm not a professor i've not written any papers on it i'm also trying to understand let's go to jibret from mtata hello how are you very well thank you yes i'm fine um i want to know why the black people most of the time when uh, they have problem. They always blaming white people, white people, because the white people, okay, I I know very well, you know. Uh, they segre- they segregated us, but now they we are in power. For for instance, this like Sanupi uh, and the ANC, they are corrupt black people. But now instead of the of of blaming PF and ANC, they are blaming white people. So now, definitely, that is a confusion. You, why you will uh, blaming uh, the people that, that they are not in power, like white people? Because white people, uh, they are not in power now. Okay. So I want to know about that. Yeah. Okay. And let me take Vuiswa before I come back to you, Bishop. Um, you can see I'm inundated, but after Vuiswa, then you can respond and we can close this conversation. Vuiswa from Parktown. Vuiswa? I think I've lost Vuiswa. Let's just take a small break. And when we get back, uh, Bishop Joshua Maponga is online just to help us understand and why we are where we are. And xenophobia is a word that has just, it was identified. It's now in, in a dictionary and it's, it's, it, it, is descri- it describes whatever it describes. But the whole idea of the conversation is for us as African people, not as Zimbabweans, Malawians, but as African people. And we are a people that is very loving and very caring. But for some strange reason, We've become so separated and so fragmented. It's just sad to watch. Let's take a break and we'll be back.
The Chill Zone with Bertha Charuma. I know this is a very interesting conversation. Most probably I should have really thought about it and given it two hours, literally, but uh, two hours is a bit much. But uh, Bishop, uh, welcome back. Thank you. The, the, the question on why do we blame the, the colonial system, I'll categorically state that the system which we are running, which includes borders, which includes passports, which includes banking and education, legal systems, is not a system that we build ourselves as black people. This is an inherited colonial system. The most unfortunate thing that has happened is that our liberation leaders have come to become the same colonizers themselves. So you find the laws that were written. Black men must not carry diamonds. He must be arrested if he is found with stones. Who wrote that, that law? It is the colonial system. Now our ANC and our ZANU-PF is in power. The question is when we have our own young people, starting parties, opposition parties, mainstream parties, political members, members of parliament, do they know why they are in parliament? Do they know why what they must change? Do they know what they must transform? And yes, we are in power, my honorable brother, but we are not in control. This, those are two separate things. To have a black man in power, it does not mean that the black man is in control. The banks are still in the wrong hands. Insurances are still in the wrong hands. Health plans are still in the wrong hands. Designs and educational systems are still in the wrong hands. The books that we are using are still in the wrong hands. So basically, our African leaders, if they are not careful, and if they are not informed, they are stooges and robots. They are custodians, Uncle Toms, who are maintaining a colonial system. And this is the message we are trying to send for Pan-Africanism, that if 52 different states in America could meet and form the United States of America, which is less than 300 million people. If 54 states can meet in Africa and we have 1.4 billion, will that not make Africa a superpower also? So these for me are sideline whistles that are intending to distract us from the bigger agenda that we have. Mississippi and the South, never united. The Congo issue, the mines that you're talking about in, in Congo, are these fully owned African mines? Are these white African Dutch owned mines? Are these Anglo-American mines which are using South Africans as laborers on the space? So we need, we, we need, when you start unpacking, you might want to find that there are bigger issues that are actually playing in, in, into the political space. But xenophobia is a no-no. Back to Ubuntu. We are all related. We are one people. That's why in ancient times we used to marry our daughters as kings to other nations, to avoid insurgencies and wars and misunderstandings. The Zulu kings would marry their daughters to the Tswanas, the Sudus, the Palanes, and etc. Why? Because within that, the, the Gankaskans in, in Mongolia, the, the British kingdom, why would they be married in Germany and marrying Greeks and etc. What they call the royal house is the royal house. But politically, you use matrimony as a way of also settling spaces. So even this xenophobia thing, while it's happening, people are getting married to each other. Children are being born, Chinese children in South Africa, Ghanaian children in South Africa, and Nigerian children in, in South Africa. Same thing in Zimbabwe, same thing around the world. But what are we doing? We need to start talking. How do we unite? Not how do we further divide each other? Absolutely. Well, Bishop, 
That's Bishop Joshua Maponga joining us, uh, Zimbabwean-born speaker, author, and philosopher. I hope next time I'll be able to find you because I really would like to keep on having these dialogues. Very, very important. I need to come to, I need to, come to studio. I need to come to studio for a long time and we thresh it from start to end. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much for making time and make sure you have a good weekend. Blessings to you, madam. Bye-bye for now. What an interesting conversation, I know.